0: Well, happy Sabbath, everyone. Such a joy to see you again this morning. Thank you for making time in your busy schedules to make this place the location where Jesus could be in a relationship, personal relationship with you this morning. We're in this series that we call Getting Into Shape. And as we discovered last week, this has has nothing to do with fitness, so don't feel concerned. Uh, last week we discovered that SHAPE is an acronym, acronym and uh, today we'll discover the first of the letters. But before we get into that, to be able to, to understand the message clearly, I want to share with you something that I discovered um, after I read an article by uh, Gregory Chiodi. He writes about the most influential, influential words in the English language. And he says that the most influential words have the ability to make us change our behaviors, our attitude, and our mood. One of them, for example, is the word new, new. And let me ask you, did you ever buy something just because it was new? Like a computer, a phone, just because it was new. Another word that he writes, is, it's, it's, more, it's very influential in our behavior, is the word instantly. And, and you can see that because we live in a community, in a society that does not like to wait. We are the only culture that has fast food and rush hour. Because we don't like to wait. So instantly is, is a very meaningful word for us. Another one is because. Because. Because we, can, we don't like to end a conversation with the word Why? We like to know the facts. We like like to know the reasons. We don't like to go home with the questions. We like to have the answers. But the most influential word of all of of them is the word free. Free. We like free. We like stuff that is free, right? In fact, there's people more, more, more intelligent than I who have discovered that there is a science why we like the word free. And the reason why they say is because when something is free, we begin with very low expectations. We have nothing to gamble. We don't lose anything if it doesn't work because we already start with low expectations. So if, it, if it's free, I'll take it. Right? In this case, it's an umbrella. And, and it says, why not? I'll take one. It's free. Right? Now, when we take it, home with us, and, and we use it, well, we have a, a, a neutral uh, perception. If it works, fine. If it doesn't work, I don't lose anything. And the result is that if it works, it's a positive impression. I'm dry. It worked. It was free. Double gains. That is the science behind free. But also people got the time to discover that there's a psychology process behind it. And they call it the zero price effect. When something is free and I don't have to invest anything on it, I receive it free, it's more, like, more, more likely that I will use it. In fact, when an item is free, they say, it's perceived as having a higher value that's something that you have to pay money for because it doesn't come with a risk. Yeah, let me explain this to you. If you spend a dollar on an item and it doesn't work, you wasted a dollar. So there's a risk. But if something is free and it doesn't work, you don't lose anything. So we like free. Are you breathing this morning? We like free stuff, right? Right? Now open your notes with me and let's go to the Bible. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And it says, For the wages of of sin is death, but the what? Do you have it? But the what? The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice family that God is in the business of giving stuff for free. It is in our nature to give gifts. It is in our nature. We like to give gifts. And the way that we give gifts to people is in the level of the closeness of our relationship with that individual. Don't like, that's how we do it. If we like a person, if we're really close to a person and we're going to give them a gift, the gift is going to be considerably more expensive or more value. Even if it's emotional value, sentimental value, then a gift that we give to somebody that we really don't care about. That's how we do it. Oftentimes we just give gifts just so that people know that we gave. Because it's the social correct thing to do. In Luke chapter 11, verses verse 13, Jesus talks about a gift, a gift. that is also free. And he says, "If you then talking to the people who were listening to him, who are evil, now Jesus is saying this not because they were evil all the time, but because there were sinners just like you and I. If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, I don't know if you see it here, but in the hierarchy of gifts, Jesus is saying that the best gift of them all is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, God, like I said, is in the business of giving things for free. In fact, the Bible tells us that He gives us forgiveness for free. He gives us eternal life for free. But He also gives us the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. That's what the S in shape stands for. But as we talk about it, we have to understand the realities of what spiritual gifts are. Because oftentimes, we misunderstand, we confuse a spiritual gift with a natural ability. And see, there's a difference between them too. See, spiritual gifts can only occur, can only be present in the life of an individual when the Holy Spirit is present in their heart. Are you with me? So somebody who does not have the Holy Spirit in their heart cannot receive a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift. The, the Holy Spirit is a requirement for the reception of a spiritual gift. Now that means that I, I can be sure, I can be sure that I'm using a, a spiritual gift when I'm doing the will of God. In other words, when, I'm being, when, when I am being used by God, I am using my spiritual gift. Now what are spiritual gifts for? I'd like to suggest to you this morning that the first reason why spiritual gifts are given to us is to make us happy when we work. To make us happy when we work. Now, how many of you are unhappy at your job? Okay, don't raise your hand. I can't see your faces. Now, now this, this is what happens. The reason, and listen carefully, the reason... Why you are working at that particular job dictates how your work is going to be done. If you are just there for a paycheck, you are going to do the minimum. But if you are at a job doing it because it's your life's fulfillment, you're going to do more than the required because you are going to be happy and joyful doing that job. Now, like any gift, spiritual gifts need to be unwrapped. In other words, you don't know that you have it until you open it. Until you put it in practice. Until you use it. Now, one of the beautiful things about our spiritual gifts, family, is that you might not have it at first. But when you need it, God can give it to you. That means that you are not born with it necessarily, but God can give it to you. I'll give you an example, and and this is the best example of them all. In Acts chapter 2, the disciples were praying in the upper room. Remember that story? Jesus had left. He had already given them the final instructions for their ministry while they were waiting for His coming. And the disciples are praying in the upper room, and as they're praying, the Bible tells us that they were praying in such a unity, in such a community, that the Holy Spirit descended on every single one of them. And by the way there were not only 12 disciples in that room there were also women So the the Holy Spirit says that the Holy Spirit descending descended on every single one of them and when they left the room they were able to do things that they could not do before like speaking languages that they didn't know Wouldn't that be awesome to do something great in a way that you never thought you could, and you never you didn't even go to school for it. But you see, when, when you are born into God's plan, and this is different than being born into the church or being born naturally, when you're born into God's plan, is when you understand that God has a purpose, has a reason for your existence, and what you are looking for is to find that place, to find your task, to find your responsibility that God has made you for on this planet. And once you do that, you begin to pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon your life. When you do that, God will enable you to do and to discover the gifts that He's prepared for you even before you were born. And all of a sudden, God is going to open doors for you to use your gift. Because see, God never gives a gift to someone that is not going to use it. There's the other side of it. And it's that God takes away gifts for those who don't use them. Remember the parable of the talents? One went to bury it because he was afraid. One had three, went to invest it. One had five, went to invest it. When the one that had one came to, before the master, and the master asked him, where is the, the talent, the gift that I gave you? He said, well, I fear because you're a strong man, and, 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 and I just went and buried it. But here it is. The Bible tells us that the master took that gift from him and gave it to the one who had what? The most. Because God gives the gifts to the people who use it the most. So when God gives you a gift, if you don't use it, you lose it. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Yeah, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. I don't know if you saw it here, but what is the key word in this text? Varieties. Varieties. See, God does not give one gift. He gives many, all kinds of gifts. All kinds of gifts. Now the beautiful thing about this is that when you start using the gift that God gives you, you begin to get happier. Now, let me tell you a secret here. But the reason why we have sad Christians is because they're not using the gift that God has given them. If you are using the gift that God is giving you, you will never be sad. Now, when we receive the God, The the gift that God has given us automatically becomes power to be a blessing to somebody else. God does not give a gift to an individual that is not going to be used to bless someone else. Now, all believers get gifts, all of them, at least one. But everybody gets a gift. Now, when it says varieties here, it gives us some kind of hope. Because see, not everybody gets the same. And, and oftentimes, I don't know if it's happened to you, you know, an enthusiastic brother comes up to the front and he says, you know, today, this afternoon, after Paul's life, we're going to go out and knock on doors. And you're like, no. No. Maybe you tried it once and it was the most awkward thing in your life. You know Why? Because it's not your gift. It's not. That requires a special gift. But that does not mean that you are not going to use your gift to be a blessing to somebody else. It's just that it is a different perspective of doing what God called you to do. Let's see, let me give you an example. Let's say that I invite you all to have lunch at my house. Let's say, okay. Let's say. And you come to my house, you know, and we're, we're having a great time, we're talking, we're, we're having lunch, and we're laughing, and then the time comes for dessert. Who doesn't like dessert? Even if it's vegan, you like it, right? So, so, so you get a dessert, and you're there, but as the dessert is coming, the person who is carrying it trips And as they trip, the sir goes like in slow motion, to the ground. Now, somebody, somebody, with the gift of exhortation says, See, that's what happens when you are not careful. Because see, anyone with a, spirit, with, a gift spirit, uh, with a spiritual gift of exhortation is it's there to find out what is wrong. But somebody with a gift of mercy says, oh dear, that happens to everyone. Because somebody with a gift of mercy was placed in, by God to give comfort and to soothe pain for the people suffering. Somebody with the gift of serving could say, Oh, that's a shame. Let me help you clean it up. Because, see, somebody with the gift of service is there to meet a need. Somebody with the gift, with the gift of teaching would say, Well, there are three reasons why that dessert fell. Why are you looking at me? Because see, somebody with the gift of teaching is there to figure out why things happen. But somebody with the gift of giving says, oh, don't worry about it. Let's go get another one. Because you know that somebody with the gift of giving was placed by God to satisfy the absence of in the moments of need. Now, discovering your spiritual gift means that you are going to allow God not to enable you to do what you want to do, but to show you what He's keeping you with to do for His will. And that is the key of happiness. Finding out and discovering your own purpose in life. The second reason why Spiritual gifts are given by God is to move us to worship God. When you use your gift automatically, it's an automatic thing. When you use your gift that God is giving you, you're worshiping God. It's because, see, worship is the thing that makes God smile. See, when I was about 12, 13, my voice began to change. So from speaking like this, I began to speak like this. So at the church where I was growing up, they had all kinds of musical groups. And one of the groups said, oh, we need a bass. And my voice was changing. Have you heard Giovanni speak, my son? Like that, you know. And my range was only two notes. But I was deep. And they said, you know, why don't you sing with us? So I began to sing with them. And for a couple of years, I sang with them. I sang in choirs. I sang, even when I was in school down in Mexico in Montemorelos University, when I was studying theology, I sang in the quartet of uh, theology students. And it was then that I realized that I had a gift, the gift of teaching, because singing was not my gift. <laughs> but see, Amen. God, gosh, that was awful. Um, yeah. God gives us gifts, and it's up to us to discover it. But when we do, we begin to worship God. Notice what John 15 says in verse 8. By this, by this, by this means that you're using the gift that God has given you. My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Let's read that last part again. And by that you prove that you are my what? That means, if you were paying attention, that if you don't use the gift that God has given you, you're not a true disciple of Jesus Christ. So not only makes us happy, but as we do it, we're making God happy, and he's saying, yeah, he's one of mine. When I use my gift, my spiritual gifts, it is God who gets the glory, not me. Because see, it's funny. When when we do something using our spiritual gifts, different from using our talents, is that when we use our spiritual gift, automatically God receives the glory. But when I use my talents, I seek the glory. Now, that means that when I use my gift, I'm not necessarily the best at it. Are you with me? When I use my spiritual gift, it doesn't mean that, I, that nobody does it better than me. It just means that I'm doing what God asked me to do. He just wants me to use my gifts. Because see, at the end of the day, there is no greater feeling than to know that you have been used by God. And, and I'm going to tell you one of the things, and, and I'm going to open my heart for a second here. There is a huge risk between using talents and spiritual gifts in church. Let me explain this to you. Um, You could have a beautiful voice and you sing a special song. You're singing for God to bless the people around. But somebody might come and say, You have a beautiful voice. What a blessing it is to hear you. Because we are human, because we're imperfect, you could say, yeah, my voice is awesome. Or you could even preach a message and then be at the door giving happy Sabbaths and blessings to the people. And somebody might come and say, Pastor, what you said was what I needed to hear. You're like, I'm just great at understanding human behavior. But that's not what it is about. You see, there is a fine line between trying to use our abilities for God and our spiritual gifts. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use it. What I'm saying is that when you use your spiritual gift, automatically, automatically, God receives the blessing. It's not about what I do. It's about what God does in me and through me. Because that is when I realize that this is why, this is the reason why I was made to do this. The third reason why God gives his gifts is to magnify our light for others. What does that mean? See, Jesus said in, in the Sermon on the Mount, this is uh, his opening statement, his opening address as he began his ministry. He's speaking to the disciples. He's speaking to, to a crowd that is listening in the Mount of Olives. And Jesus is giving them the principles of the kingdom. And, they, and, and those principles begin with the, with the Beatitudes. You've heard of the Beatitudes, right? So he begins with the Beatitudes. And then he begins to talk about different parts of life, marriage and, 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 and growing in Christ. And he talks about relationships and parenting. But then he says in verse 16, in the same way, comparing to the kingdom, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You, you, I don't know if you see it. When, when I let the, the, the light of God shine through me, they don't see me. They see the Father. Using them, using the spiritual gifts makes me happy. Using the spiritual gifts gets God's happy, makes God happy. And then when I use my spiritual gifts, others see Jesus through that. That family is called evangelism. So see, you not necessarily need to have the ability to knock on doors. When you use your gift, God is using you to knock another door, the door of another heart. And Romans 6.13 says, Do not let any part of your bodies become tools of wickedness to be used for sinning, but give yourselves completely. What's the key word there? Completely. To God. Every part of you. For you are back from death and you want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. So there's three things that we need to do with our spiritual gifts. Discover them. Dedicate them and deploy them. It would be completely fair if I finished my message here and not give you the opportunity to discover your spiritual gifts this morning. Completely unfair. Because you would go out, to back to your homes, and you say, well, that was so cool, but I have no idea what a spiritual gift is. So this morning I'm going to help you quickly to discover your spiritual gifts. So I'm going to ask the, the, the people in charge to please hand out the The sheets. You have them, you have them, you have them? Come on, come on, come on, come on. And in the meantime, Abby is going to sing for us uh, our special song, While You Get the Papers. what you can do now. Now. From now until next week. Because next week, we're going to take another step in the process of growing into our shape. So between now and next week, you are going to, now you discover your gift. You discover your gift or gifts, because some of you raise your hands up a, a few times. That's okay. That is okay. So now you discover the next step is dedicated. You're going to dedicate your gift. So during this next seven days, you're going to come to God and you're going to pray, God, now I need your Holy Spirit. I need your Holy Spirit so that I can be using my gift to be happy, to be worshiping to you, and to be a blessing for somebody else. Now show me, God, how am I going to use my gift? And that is going to be our prayer for the next week. You think you can do that? Okay, let me try this side. You think you can do that? Yes. All right, all right. Now, so that is our task. That is our task for next week. Our Heavenly Father, we are so glad that you still work in people's hearts. And Father, we are so thankful because we like saviors, decision of making Jesus his Lord and Savior today. But Father, we also pray for every single one of us. Perhaps some of us have been sitting there in our seats for a long time and we have become expectators. Some others, we have been doing things, but we got tired because perhaps we haven't been using our spiritual gifts. Maybe we've been working in the wrong area. But today, Lord, we want to ask you that together we can receive your Holy Spirit so that we can do the things that you asked us to do. And together we can only We can not only be a happier church, but we can also be a church that worships God, not only in song and in prayer, but in the things that we do. And Father, help us today to become a place, to become a community when people can come and be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.